and the best in coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh, an iHeart Radio station. Break the wood! Break down the walls! Breaking news Mike Sullivan just announced Matt Murray will be in goal tonight at Brooklyn against the Islanders. Vince McMahon of WWE fame is relaunching his XFL, his football league, in 2020. Now the breaking news is that Dick Ebersole's kid, Charlie, is launching yet another football league in 2019 to get the jump on McMahon. It's going to start right after the Super Bowl, just like McMahon's XFL is scheduled to start right after the Super Bowl, but a year later in 2020. The Ebersole League is going to be called the Alliance of American Football, which is a stupid name. McMahon ain't going to be happy because Dick Ebersole, besides being a longtime, very powerful TV exec, he was McMahon's partner in the original XFL, and Dick Ebersole is going to help his kid with this league. Vince got to be pissed. Bill Polney, the ex-NFL GM who now works for ESPN, is going to help Charlie Ebersole. And Troy Pulamalu is going to be the director of player personnel, apparently. I had no idea Troy had any interest in doing something like that. Hines Ward is also going to be an advisor. And this league reportedly has a TV deal with CBS and the CBS Sports Network. McMahon's league does not, which means McMahon's league is doomed. Ebersol's league will incorporate live fantasy play into its broadcast, and to quote Ebersol, 59 million people play fantasy, and 20 million people play only fantasy football. We have to be able to take advantage of the people who stop playing fantasy when the NFL season ends, unquote. The key phrase there being, take advantage of. So there you go. Another step in fantasy football taking over everything. But it's too much football. Too much bad football. Hey, too much bad football. Guess what? You just made the list. The list brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Cont on a name you could trust. Call 412-367-0815 for all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. This new league is going to play football to facilitate fantasy football. That defined the term ass-backward. There's going to be eight teams, no idea where yet. No kickoffs, no onside kicks. Listen to this. Oh, two-point conversions only. And if a team trails and scores, it can opt to get the ball at its own 35. In other words, it scores, it gets the ball right back at its own 35, but it's 4th and 10. That's their substitute for the onside kick. And I got to tell you, that I like. But we just do not need more football, but we got too much of everything. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. You know, we haven't talked about, we'll get to it a little bit more in depth between now and next week. I'm off all next week. You have that to look forward to. I'll be in fabulous Las Vegas for two Golden Knights games, a Michael Schenker Group concert, and a Burton Cummings of the Guess Who concert. And I'll be drinking and whoring and gambling and all that stuff. I My favorite restaurants, all the stuff I do when I'm in did I say whoring? 
Probably shouldn't have said that out loud. But uh, but next week, it's the return to TV after, boy, it's got to be like 20 years, right, of the series Roseanne. And uh, I never knew Norm MacDonald was a writer on Roseanne, but he was and he is again. I wasn't a big fan of Roseanne. I watch it occasionally in reruns, but I'll tell you, you know what I do like? It made fat people the heroes. Dan and Roseanne, the Connors, it made fat people the heroes. So I'm kind of looking forward to that just to see how those people have aged. I I bet it's not real gracefully, which will be good for the show. And Johnny Galecki, who's, you know, a star in The Big Bang Theory, who was a regular on Roseanne, he played uh, Becky's boyfriend. He'll be back in a cameo, but I don't think him and Becky are, are still together. I thought that was funny that him and Melissa Gilbert had a fling on Big Bang Theory after being a couple on Roseanne. Uh, Here's something I find absurd. ESPN put out a list of of the 20 most dominant athletes celebrating 20 years of ESPN, the magazine. Guess who's not on it? Sid. Guess how many hockey players are on it? None. That's because hockey does nothing to butter ESPN's bread. That's an F you to hockey. But some of the people on it are ridiculous. You know who's on it? Marta, the women's soccer player from Brazil. Who in the frig ever heard of Marta? And she's on the list above Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo, who you may have heard of. And there's a WNBA chick on there because ESPN televises the WNBA. One thing about ESPN, they are so transparent. They've given up any pretense otherwise. Absolutely so transparent. Don't forget, I'm at Danny's Bar and Grill in Westview tonight on Center Avenue for a Bud Light Penguins viewing party. You better be there. Weather looks fine. Don't be a sissy Mary. And right now it's time to ask Mark anything. Let's get the Hockey Night Show at 530. 412-333-WXDX. Ask Mark anything. 412-333-WXDX. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark. Yeah? Hi, Mark. Big fan. It's double M. Let me hear you woo. Hi, woo. Well, then you ain't talking, bitch. TX at 105.9. Time out to ask Mark anything. A little correction, though. Ryan tweets, Johnny Galecki played David on Roseanne. He married Becky. His brother, Mark, excuse me, David married Darlene. And his brother, Mark, married Becky. The actor who played Mark is dead. So cross him off then. And I guess a bunch of children of divorce are featured on the new Roseanne. I bet it's pretty good. I don't say that I'm going to watch it. I just bet it's pretty good. Let's go to uh, Scott in Cranberry. Scott, ask Mark anything. Super genius. Big fan. Yeah. Big fan. Uh, the hottest ticket in town tonight is at the uh, Lemieux Center. And Cranberry, I wonder if you have any previews for the uh, AAA varsity game. First off, no, I don't. And second off, that's not the hottest ticket in time. And nobody paid their dues for high school hockey more than me, but we're not previewing it on this show. Let's go to Dwayne in the car. Dwayne. Ask Mark anything. Shionado, uh, I was wondering, what do you think of the Built to Destroy and Assault Attack album? What, by Michael Schenker Group? Yeah. Uh, Assault Attacks among his finest work. Built to Destroy 
Has a couple great songs on it, like Rock My Nights Away. But uh, I, I would... See, I thought, no offense to Michael, I thought his work got progressively weaker with MSG. I thought his first two albums were his best. Assault Attack was the third. It was very good. And it's tailed off a bit since then. I mean, wouldn't you agree? I would definitely agree. But uh, and also, knowing that you know UFO inside and out, what do you think of the mechanics in the Making Contact album? They're, they're all that 80s, beginning 80s uh, albums. Uh, I thought that uh, they were very good. I won't go further than that. I thought the best Chapman albums, UFOs with Paul Chapman on guitar, were uh, No Place to Run and Wild, Willing, and Innocent. But I thought Mechanics, yeah, I don't think UFOs ever made a bad album. And I mean that very yeah, sincerely. I, I agree with you. I think Wild Willing and the Innocent is just a incredibly underrated album. I bet that makes some of you out there long for the Penguins Cup High School Hockey Preview. Let's go to Teresa in Baldwin. Teresa, you're on with Double M. Hi, Mark. Hi, Teresa. Um, did you mean to say Sarah Gilbert instead of Melissa Gilbert? Because Melissa Gilbert was a little house on the prairie. Whatever. Okay, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. So Sarah Gilbert was on... Roseanne, and she's on the talk. And they're not the same then? No. They're cousins, I think. Melissa Gilbert is was little house on the prairie. Yeah, I kind of totally screwed up my <laughs> preview of the Roseanne comeback, didn't I? I really like Roseanne. I liked it when I was watching Well, don't, don't you agree I that it, it makes fat people the heroes, and that's long overdue? I'm a little chunky. <laughs> you know what that means? Probably more than a little. That's what I always say. I'm a little chunky. Meanwhile, I'm as big as a house. Let's go to Dave and Fox Chapel. Dave, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, with these two new football leagues, you know, wanting to come out, where do these teams play? Like, do they just... Pick a city that will take them and hope that they have a... <laughs> well, I don't know if it's that, that you know, done in such a demeaning way. I, I think some cities <laughs> will want these teams. If, if those leagues are smart, they won't put them in big cities. They'll put them in teams, cities without NFL teams. Do you think a city would actually build a stadium for one of these teams? I no, mean, use I a high school stadium. NFL, I mean, this, if they treat this like big business, it'll fail really quick. If they treat it like small business, it'll fail, well, really quick, but not as quick. I mean, this is a hopeless circumstance. We don't need a second pro football league, let alone a second and a third. You, people reminisce and have nostalgia for the XFL. It lasted one year. The USFL was actually pretty good football. It didn't last very long before it folded. There's just not a market for a second professional football league. Look at even arena football. Arena football was pretty big for a bit. It's down to like five teams in the regular league, and there's a bunch of offshoot leagues, but it's crap. That's the one thing people don't get. Too many people don't get about sports. If it's crap, no one will watch it. Like I said before, the reason why women's basketball doesn't get high ratings is because it's crap basketball. I love when people say, well, they play below the rim the way basketball was meant to be played. No, they can't jump. Let's go to Zach in St. Clairsville. Zach. Ask Mark anything. Mark. Zach. Team, ACDC and Pink Floyd each have about 110 to 115 million record sales amongst them. How do you rate them as far as personal taste and then as influence in rock and roll? 
I rank them exactly the way you said them, Queen, ACDC, and Pink Floyd. But, well, okay, personal taste, Queen, ACDC, and Pink Floyd, in terms of influence in rock and roll, Queen, Pink Floyd, and ACDC. Yeah, I would agree. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Tim in Forest Hills. Tim, ask Mark anything. Cleveland Indians. That sounded like the Hebrew Hammer, didn't it? Hello, Hebrew Hammer. Let's go to Jim in Green Tree. Jim, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, just uh, wanted to know, at, at the beginning of the year, Mike Lang said that he was going to cut back and he was going to do 15 road games this year, and so far he's done none. I'm just wondering That's not true. He's done, he's done a couple road games. Yeah, uh, yeah. when he, they did the Florida trip, he went. But, I mean, beside that, do you think he'll be doing the uh, playoff games at least on the road? I, I don't know. Why, will you not pay attention to the playoff games if he doesn't do them? On the road? No, I just you, you know the Hall of Famer. You got to have Mike Lang. Oh, I think Mike's. I think Mike's the greatest. I think he's the best hockey announcer in the history of the sport. I think he's the best sports announcer in the history of Pittsburgh. I would totally agree. But, uh, but I mean, yeah, what are you trying to do? Get him on the road if he doesn't want to do it? <laughs> if he doesn't feel up to no. it? I mean, I don't ask Mike questions about his health, but he seems to be doing fine. Yeah, that's all that matters. Is how Sounds great. Looks okay. I mean, you know, he's an older gentleman, but, you know, tell you what, he'll outlive me. Not that that's setting the bar particularly high. Let's go to Poncho in Mount Lebanon. Poncho, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, this may be top off the top of your head, but what's your favorite running joke from a television series? What do you mean by running joke? Uh, just something that's consistently brought up, made fun of throughout the seasons. Uh, for example, that 70s show, they never even revealed Fez's birthplace or his name for that. Oh, moment. that was pretty um, good. Kind of that was pretty good. They never, You never heard his real name or where he's from. And they kept he kept almost revealing where he's from. And, and just, that was great. That might be my favorite, actually. Mike, I think his name stands for foreign exchange student, if I'm not mistaken, just an acronym. Well, his nickname is from Ford Exchange Student, correct? F-E-S. But, uh, That's it. I remember uh, this was in the last year. I remember when Justin Long came on as his friend from back home, and they did a couple jokes teasing where he was from, but but I don't remember those. I do remember, though, uh, when Jackie finally wanted him, and he turned her down, and they had this huge fight, and he said to right. Hyde, I can't believe I did that. It must be my Jamaican fire. And Hyde goes... So wait, you're from Jamaica? He goes, no, no, it's my cologne, Jamaican fire. <laughs> Thank you for the call. So that anything where I can give that 70s show as the answer, that will be my answer. Oh, and Kelso kept getting hit in the eye. My eye. Up next, we still want calls, but hockey calls only. It's the Hockey Night Show, brought to you by Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. It's the Exit 105.9 Hockey Night Show with your host, Mark Madden. Brought to you by Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. On your home for the best Pens coverage and the best hockey talk. 105.9 The X. A quick note from the NHL's general managers meetings. Apparently, they're going to leave the offside review process exactly the same. I think they should just ditch offside review, but uh, they're going to do what they're going to do. I think that they should only have review to see if the puck does or doesn't go in the net. 
and everything else, just let the referees call it because I think review should only be applied when there's an exact decision. Then again, offsides, you either are or you aren't. So I just hate replay. Welcome to the Hockey Night Show brought to you by the law firm of Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. Going to talk to Butch Goring, the New York Islanders color analyst, a little bit later. The Penguins visit Brooklyn tonight to play the Islanders. Islanders in last place in the Metro. Good night to get two points. Also a good night to go to Danny's Bar and Grill in Westview and join me to watch the game. It's a Bud Light viewing party with great hockey talk, lots of freebies, and me, Mark Madden, at Danny's Bar and Grill in Westview. Uh, today is Bobby Orr's 70th birthday. The best defenseman of all time. He was pretty good. Uh, whenever you rate the best players of all time in any sport, at any position, certain positions are sexier than others. Like people always debate the top quarterbacks in football all the time, but nobody ever debates the top guards. It's kind of the same in hockey because most people don't even know who the top defensemen were. The names. For me, Bobby Orr is obviously number one. Only defenseman to ever win a scoring title. He was also brilliant defensively. Short career because of knee injuries, but he changed the game. Eight-time Norris Trophy winner as the top defenseman. Doug Harvey, number two, Montreal. A little bit with New York. Retired in the early 60s. Not a lot of tape on him, but he won the Norris seven times. Nick Lindstrom of Detroit is number three. The Red Wings have never come remotely close to replacing him, and that's been a big part of their slide after winning Cups and being in the final as recently as 09. Of course, that was against the Penguins, and Lindstrom had the shot in Game 7 that almost tied it late. I'd go with Dennis Potvin, number 4 from the Islanders dynasty in the 80s, and then Ray Bork, grudgingly, number 5. I always have a hard time knowing where to put Paul Coffey on this list. Because he had 1,531 points, but didn't really play defense in the conventional sense. But Coffey was a man for his era, no doubt, and invaluable to the Penguins. I also have a hard time knowing where to put Eddie Shore, because he's a legend, and definitely the first superstar defenseman, but his last NHL season was 1940, so there's like zero film. And after that top five, you got guys like Tim Horton, the donut guy, Larry Robinson, etc. Coffee's the number one Penguins defenseman of all time, even though he only played here uh, a little under five seasons. And after that, I'd say Latang number two. Randy Carlisle never gets put on that list for Penn's top D. It's always Larry Murphy and Ulf and Gonch. But Carlisle is the only Penguins D to win the Norris Trophy as NHL's best defenseman. That happened in 1981. And then with the money on the line in game five of a best of five against the New York Islanders, well, that was in 82, but Carlisle ganked it all up. Let's go to Greg in the car. Greg, you're on the Hockey Night Show. Hey, uh, one huge thing about Coffee though, is he showed teams how to win, but then they were able to expend them after they got to that certain point after 1991. I don't buy that anybody shows anybody how to win. I think your team's right. either good enough to win or it's not, but go ahead. Okay. All right, so we keep seeing the stats about the standings and all this stuff, and for the third straight year, does it really matter where the Pens end up in the playoffs to start? Uh, no, I think every team in the Metro is worse than it was last year. Yeah. I think the, I think the Penguins might better. be 
marginally too. Then again, they got Latang now and didn't last year. But uh, I do think the Penguins need home ice uh, because their record's so much better at home than it is away. Now, even if they didn't have home ice against the Caps, would you be worried? That's not for I wouldn't be worried, per se, against any team they would play in the first round. Unless by some utter collapse, they would go down to the second wild card and play Tampa. And that would take an utter collapse. And at that point, wow, utter collapse, negative momentum, going into playing Tampa Bay, they have home ice advantage. I'd be worried about a lot more than just them having home ice advantage. Up next, we're going to talk to a member of the last team to win three Stanley Cups in a row. And then they went out and won a fourth. From the Islander Stanley Cup dynasty of the 80s, it's Butch Goring here on 105.9 The X.